All right. Morning. There's the announcements. I'm going to give my own plug because when we first started, we, there was a question asked, how many of you want to grow in the prophetic? And it was like, Woo. But I want to encourage you that the, the Lord is equipping His body to hear His voice. I'm about to read you a scripture that if we learn how to read His voice, it will keep us in the Zoe life of God. If we learn how to hear His voice, it will keep us right in that place of the life of God. And so, I just want to encourage you you know, sometimes when we do things, people are like, oh, that's good for everybody else. Please don't let that be that case for that. Ron is, Ron and Aaron, it's in their heart to redig the prophetic wells in, in San Marcos. That's why they moved here. From a word from God to redig the wells in San Marcos, the prophetic wells. And so we're just honored to be a part of that and, and what God wants to do. I actually believe this. And y'all know I never talk about numbers, okay? But I, I feel like the Lord has been showing me He's about to fill this place up with people that are in great need of the Word of the Lord. And you know who will be giving them those words? You will. You will. The whole body. Not, not me. I'll be giving a few of them just like you. And we have to catch, we have to catch it that the goal of the Father is for His body to be ministering. The role of the fivefold ministry is to be equipping you to do it. That's what the Bible says, right? Everybody gets a little nervous about that. Like, I like it when you do it more. Well, I like it when you do it more. Isn't that right, Dad? We like it when the body does it more. Because why? Because we're multifaceted then. We're alive. And I just want to encourage you, please... Please don't miss that chance. If you're like, well, I just don't know if I want to give up. It's six weeks, six times. Fast something to go to that. Give something up to go to that. All right? So here we go. Turn with me to Galatians 5.25. I'm just going to launch off of where we left off last week. Y'all doing okay? Sometimes when we get in a place like that, then we get a little sleepy. And I want to encourage you that, that God is excited about where we're at. And so I'm going to share a little bit of something and then I'm going to jump right into the Word. I don't know how far we make it because it's 12.04. But I feel like the Lord is asking me to say this, so I'm just going to share this. Elizabeth and I were in Ohio seven and a half weeks ago, eight weeks ago, right at eight weeks. Um, we were at an apostolic prophetic conference and we were... We were speaking, it was it was a great time and and we were just enjoying the Matt and Angie Coots, those of you remember them, and we were just up there just honestly we it, we were like blowing it up. Like God was just like just light, it was lighting a fire in that place and we were just happy to be a spark and and the other speaker at the conference was a prophet and he and, and he came in at the end just I administered on Sunday morning, he called Elizabeth and I up on the stage and he gave us a prophetic word. He gave us some prophetic word, first of all, about ourselves and what God was calling us to and what was doing, and that's for us. But then he gave a word about you guys. And he said, hey, I just want to let you know that in seven weeks, there's about to be an explosion corporately in your place. 
of something fresh and new. And I want to tell you, we're living in that season. Sometimes we hear prophetic words and we're like, well, we'll see if that happens. We just said yes to it and, and just watched the calendar. So you're like, somewhere in that in there, God's going to do it. And He's doing it. It's, it's, he's, there's a fresh place of His Holy Spirit among us. And if we recognize that, then we get the benefit of it. I think in the church we've been too afraid to talk about the benefit of the Lord. The benefit of, his, of Him being in our life. Forget not His benefits. Him being in our lives. And the Holy Spirit is, is coming to begin to reveal the benefits of what it looks like when He comes more. He's actually answering our prayers and He's wanting us to recognize that, hey, the prayers are being answered. So right now I just feel like we're in this beautiful place with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because He's our portion. To live with the Holy Spirit, not to know about Him, not to know the list of gifts, not to have my checklist like, uh, yeah, I speak in tongues, I've done a little prophecy, sometimes I have words of knowledge and wisdom, not, not to have all those things and just say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I know the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about living with Him. Galatians 5.25 stuff, it's like, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit, Right? Or like it says in the message, I'm just totally hooked on this right now. It says, since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work it out, its implications in every detail of our lives. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. He is massaging in the life of the Spirit into every detail of our lives. He really doesn't ever want us to live double lives. Well, this is my church life, and then this is my work life, this is my home life. He said, no, I have a life for you, a life that I've called you into, the Christian life, and it's the Zeo life of God. It's the life of God in time, in the now. In this place. And God is wanting us to begin to, to... I know there's so many of you in here that have an expectancy for the purpose and destiny of God in your life. But I want to tell you, there is a life of day-to-day living that He is wanting to give us that will inspire the world almost as much as you achieving your destiny. Because the world is looking for people that are good at life. In Timothy, it actually says this. Paul says, be an example in life. What's he saying? Be good at life so people see it and say, hey, I want that in my life. And so, and so we begin to understand that God has a Zoe life. The reason I'm using the Greek word is I want you to understand that it's not just eternal life of life forevermore. That's the life of God. Hey, that, that Jesus said, I'm coming to give my life so that you can have eternal life. That's Zoe. But Zeo is the life in this time period He's wanting us to excel in. He's wanting us to begin to have an enjoyment. Really, like I read last week, the word is translated into enjoy real life. Y'all with me? Got quiet again. Oh, he's using Greek. It's not difficult. Zeo, Zoe. They're two words. They're really short. Three letters each. And, and, but they're different. Why? Because He's wanting to show you that eternal life has washed you and cleansed you and taken you to heaven. And Zeo life is the life you're supposed to manifest on earth. And recognize it. And as that overflows and pours out, then the whole world is transformed. Because then they can experience eternal life. 
And then they can experience Zeo life. And then it begins a cycle of goodness and life of what God plans. So how do we do this? Well, I'm going to be quick here. So turn with me to John 5. We're going to be in John most of the rest of the time. And we need the Lord's help here. I'm just going to say that. John 5, 24 says, I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. That's Zoe. And will not condemn. He has crossed over from death to life. Zoe. I tell you the truth. A time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Zeo. What's he saying? That the word Jesus is calling out. He's already established the life of God on earth with His presence, with His life, with His, with His crucifixion and raising from the dead. It established eternal life on earth. It established it where you can now get into it. You can now get into the very life that Adam and Eve had. Eternal life. But then he's saying, now those who are hearing my voice, see, I believe this, that the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of God is still calling out and saying, those who hear that choose to have another kind of life. A life in their everyday. A life in their in the moment of living and walking in with Him and experiencing Him. And everything is then life. Like the grocery store is life. Everything you're doing. Everything you're doing. I could list so many things, but you all know what you're doing. You know what you're doing better than I can say them. He's saying He wants that life in there. And He's calling you. And what began to strike me is that I felt like He's he's calling us to understand that there is a life that we experience that we're empowered to live differently. And I know honestly, this is like my life message But this is the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And when He poured out on the disciples, they were never the same. It wasn't like they just went back and were like, that was a cool service. Wow, what a service. Remember that time on Pentecost when God came? And they're like, yeah. But what came of it? Oh, not much. No, no, it just changed the whole world. And it's the same voice that's calling out now to you. What's He saying? Hey, I am empowering you to live. I'm empowering you to raise your children. I'm empowering you to have a marriage that inspires the earth. I'm, in, I'm empowering you to infuse your children with such life that nothing is going to stop them from walking in the life of God. See, we have so many bad statements about, oh man, there's so many children walking away that were raised in the church. Listen, our parents live in Zao life. The kids won't ever want to leave it. Why would you want to leave what you've experienced, the highest level of living? People in royalty don't be like, well, one day I choose not to be a king. They've experienced it. It's what they know, and then they never choose to leave it. So what do we do? How do we respond to this call? Because we've got 12 minutes. How do we respond to this call? Well, I believe that the, the key really is then learning how to, how to be with the Holy Spirit. And when I, when I think about the Zeo life, it, there's two words that kept coming up over and over. When Jesus was talking, He was saying, when Jesus declared, I am the bread of life, those who feed on Me will have Zeo life. 
I'm living bread, right? That's what Jesus said. It's in the red. I'm living bread. I'm come down from heaven. The one who sent me has empowered me and I'm living bread. And those who eat of me, feed on me. I really like when he says feed on me. He says those who feed on me will have Zeo life. And then, then later on he says with a loud voice, he lifts up and says those who drink of me will have streams of Zeo life flowing out of them. They'll drink of me. They'll understand. They'll believe. It says those who drink and believe in me will then have streams of living water bursting out of you. Why? Because the life of God is so big that you can't contain it. And it's supposed to burst out of you. That's God's plan. But first we have to learn to drink. A lot of people are looking for overflow when they're not drinking enough. They, Jimmy liked that one. Why? Because, I mean, it's so funny. It's like, well, I, God, just make me full. And he's saying, why don't you eat? Or here's another one. God, I'm so hungry. He says, feed on me. Hey, I love hunger. The tension is, is we should also be being filled and eating of Him all the time. I've discovered the more I eat, the hungrier I get. Not really in the natural, but in the supernatural. Why? Why? Because... The more you experience Him, the more you want to be with Him. The more you feed on Him, then you realize, whoa, that was like nothing I've ever had before. And you go back, and then how many of you found He's like a buffet? It's different every time. Why? Because He's not the same. And He's this living bread is so alive and it's active and it's, and it's still, it's the same one in Hebrews. It's alive and active. And when we eat and feed on Him, it sustains us. First of all, I wrote down, it nourishes us. It nourishes us to eat of Him. It nur- Listen, none of you, if you're going to run a marathon, would just decide you're going to go without food and water for 40 days. Actually, that's called death. <laughs> See, you can't live without being nourished. And in the spiritual walk, I think that's why Jesus is talking about things that they understood. Even the simplest person in that room when he said, hey, you have to eat and drink to be alive. I'm like, yes. Why? Because everybody at one point has been thirsty or hungry. Us as Americans, less than, than most. But if you've ever really had that moment of hunger, that moment where you were truly hungry, like, how many of you have ever fasted over 10 days? Oh. I mean, I don't like it either, listen. But I remember, I, I never got to that place. Have you ever talked to people who are fasting? like, man, I just never get hungry. I'm like, you liar. I have hamburger visions dancing in my brain from the minute I decide to fast to the minute it breaks. It doesn't matter if it's two days, ten days, thirteen days. I'm like, I'm starving the whole time. And, and, and I feel like that God is wanting us to not be spiritual fasters of Him. He's wanting us to nourish ourselves, drink of Him. And how do we do that? Well, I'm going to do these really quick, okay? How do we eat and drink? Because sometimes we use metaphors like that and we have no idea how to do it. And you walk out and be like, I'm going to feed on Jesus more. And then, and then you're like, I don't know how to do that. And so real quick, I'm going to tell you. Here we go. The first one is, is this. It's in John 
6.35, I actually think it gives us the whole recipe for how to eat and drink. And as Jesus says this, it says in John 6.35, then Jesus declared. Now this is not someone else's theory then. This is Jesus declaring. I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. So I believe that the way to, there's three ways I'm going to do them real quick, to eat of Him. The first one is come to Him. The word means to establish yourself, come in and out, go back and forth, constantly be in presence of, be in and out, come to Him, recognize Him, declare who He is in your life, come to Him and say, man, what a great day, I can't wait to tell you about it. It's not just, here I am, I'm all a mess, do something. He likes that prayer, but he also likes Jesus. What a great day. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for showing up what you're coming to him and what you're learning is you're teaching yourself how to be nourished by him as you come in and out of his presence. Second thing, I believe that one of the greatest ways is to remember who he is. And I'm, I'm going to make a big leap here, but in in the end of Mark, the end of Luke, and the end of Matthew, Jesus is doing the Lord's Supper, right? What's He teaching them to do? He's teaching them to eat of Him and drink of Him. Communion. Now, I don't want to, right now, I'm not going to talk about the act of communion that we do, like the bread. I want to talk about the place of understanding. He was teaching them how to commune with Him. He was teaching them how to feed on Him. He was saying, hey, when you get in, and then what did He say? Do this in remembrance of Me, right? As we begin to remember who He is in our lives. As we begin to ponder all the greatness. And even if all you've got is, God, you are good and your love endures forever for that day. It will then, it will, it will begin to feed you. It will begin to establish you in that place where you're nourished by Him. How many of you have stories of total victory in your life from Jesus? And the rest of you. Everyone, come on, hands up. Why? Because I want you to remember it right now. No, I'm gonna take ten seconds. I want you to remember that victory right now. I want you to remember it when He came to you. When He spoke to you. Maybe it's your salvation when you walked up to the front and said, Here I am, Jesus. Maybe it's when the Holy Spirit came. Maybe it's this morning. As we sing, we love you, Holy Spirit, and you felt something, someone, come down and touch you. He wants you to remember. Do this in remembrance of me. Remembering will establish you in the place of learning how to feed on Him. I talk to so many people who have incredible life victories from Jesus and they're totally depressed because they do not ponder and rejoice in those. And they're like, I just need Jesus to do something. He's saying, if you will rejoice in what I've done, then I get to do what? I get to do it again. I get to do it again. But if we do not get in there in remembrance of it, it makes it a cha- it makes it a difficulty. We're causing a difficulty in our place with Him because we're not feeding on Him. Third thing, and Jimmy and I were talking about this last night, in John 4, he says this, he says, my will, my food is to do the will of the Father. 
So as you get in there and just begin to overflow and do the life of God and, and carry His destiny and carry His good news and carry His life, that Zeo life, you all of a sudden are getting filled up. Man, you don't even have to eat. That's what Jesus was saying. Am I saying that we all need to do that? I'm saying that it needs to feed us like that. Y'all with me? Begin to feed on Him. See, I can feel there's a shift in the atmosphere right now. Why? Because He's wanting you to feed on Him right now. Some of you are starving. And He's just saying, eat of me. Come on, feed on me right now. I hear there's a mega testimony of a healing brain cancer in here. I just want to say, we're feeding on your wind. We're feeding on your victory. We're feeding on it. Your win is feeding a whole body this morning. Your belief in Jesus and what He did is feeding a whole body. Why? Because cancer is not allowed here. It's a cancer-free zone. And so see, it goes beyond just a statement that Jesus is sending things to feed us. He wants to feed us. It's testimony. It's remembrance. All these beautiful testimonies. Hey, if you had one of those, stand up. If you had a cardboard in your hand, stand up. First of all, I say winners. But I want to tell you that, that He wants you to feed on it. Feed on your victories. For you in the yellow with, that said unfit mother, wow. When you walked out, just tears. Why? Transformation. You are transformed so you can go transform your world. It's happening. And he's so proud of you. All right, bless you guys. How do we drink? Because I actually believe they're different. Eating and drinking, obviously in the natural, they're different. And and the Lord is wanting us to understand that spiritually they're different. And and what is the key to drinking of him? I believe it's this it's belief. John 7, can you just click to John 7, 37, 38, it says, On that last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice. It's really interesting. You know this is one of the only times it says Jesus raised his voice? <laughs> okay, maybe that was a Bible nerd thing. But for me, it's super exciting. Why? Because he was about to say something important. When I'm about to say something important, I'm like, hey, it's really good over here. I'm like, hey, it's awesome over here. Come over here. God's doing something. What was he? He was declaring something, saying, if you'll do this, who's he declaring it to? He's not just declaring it to his disciples, it's the whole feast. Why? We have to remember that he was totally in love with Jerusalem. He loved everyone there. I told someone the other day, he radically loved the Pharisees. And we forget about that sometimes. What's he doing? He's teaching them so that in the hopes that the Nicodemuses in the bunch will rise up and be blessed. He was hoping that all of them would change their ways and their hearts and their lives. And he stood up that day and he said, Hey, with a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever, 38, believes in me as the Scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within Him. I believe the key to drinking, to being hydrated in the kingdom, is belief. When you're sick, 
the first thing they do is give you an IV, right? Why? Because they know that hydration is the key to you being healthy enough to receive everything else. And I believe in the kingdom it's the same way. Belief is the key to the hydration of your spirit. Where you can receive everything else He's giving you. Where you can receive even the, the words and the, and, the, and the plans and the strategy saying, I'm going to give you all these things, but you've got to be hydrated in Me. You gotta drink of me, and how do you do that? You gotta believe. Romans 1 7 says what? The just shall live by faith. Do you know the word live right there? Is Zeo? The just shall live. They shall have the very enjoyed life of God on earth as they live in faith. Why faith is required in this walk. Do y'all know that the actual name of our ministry is Hill Country Faith Ministries? Why? The reason we are that is because we are constantly going to be drinking of Him. We are constantly going to be letting Him hydrate us as we believe in Him. We can say, God, I know we have never even seen it, but we believe. It's your glory to believe what you haven't seen. And And I believe this, that much faith in the body of Christ that's talked about now is 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 actually just encouragement in things people have seen. And God is saying, I'm looking for people who will believe. Well, here, let me read you a decision from Dave and Deb Crone. Confident faith is good, but bold faith is better. And I believe that bold faith is what God is wanting to give us. A faith where we can have boldness. is like, I know right now all hell is breaking loose. And my circumstances feel like we're drowning. But I'm going to come and have bold faith in you, Jesus, and I'm going to drink of you. And all of a sudden, you're going to see things begin to change. Why? Because faith is the currency of heaven. And faith begins to move us into realms. Every time Jesus did something radical with people, He'd say, your faith was great. Why? He was saying, you did a big old drink of Me. And now you're totally hydrated. (laughs) The cool thing is, like, we're not doing theory today. We've already ate and drank of Him. And we're going to keep doing it. If we freaked you out today, uh, I'm not. We're kind of sorry. No, I'm not. I'm not. So I want to tell you. This is what I feel like the Lord told me to tell you. Hang in there. Just keep drinking. If you don't understand everything that was happening today, don't let it steal from you. We don't either. Why? Because only God can say one thing and do two things. And only Holy Spirit can be saying, I'm doing this one thing, and then the multicolor variety grace of God, multicolor where everybody's seeing in different colors, and everybody's like, it was blue, and someone else is like, it was green. And no, it was yellow, it was red, it was purple. No, it was good. And the other one else like, it was brokenness. I was so broken, it was like, I was so alive. And that all happened in a 30-second moment with the Holy Spirit. What am I saying? First of all, have moments. Drink. Eat. Don't watch other people have moments. There's nothing worse than when you're fasting and going to dinner with someone. Anyone ever been there? And they're like, this burger's terrible. Listen, don't, don't just be an observer. Be an engager. And if your level of engagement is just like, okay, I say yes, he's like, they're in. Why? Because I'm going to say it again, and this is, this is not 
any kind of boasting. I'm just telling you, the Lord has told me He's about to fill this place up. And He needs people who will eat and drink so that they can nourish those coming in. So you can have the words of God. So you can have the, the arm around someone. Why? Because we, we the staff core team, we can't do it on our, by ourselves. Actually, we will not do it by ourselves. It's one reason like it's not going to work unless everybody's engaged because we've just decided we're not doing it that way. We're just not. Well, the paid staff will do everything. No, the paid staff is going to equip so that the body is alive. And He needs you to eat and drink. Say, well, you know, I'm a minimalist. Don't be a minimalist in this. <laughs> eat and drink. More. Let Him build you up. Let Him nourish you. Why? Because it's going to establish you in the Zeo life of God. Okay, let's stand up. Hey, I went two minutes over. I want to tell you, I cut out six Scriptures and six points, okay? So here's what we're going to do. Because we have already done this today, we're going to commit to something. We're going to commit that we're going to do it all week at home. Oh, did you just give us homework? I did. Homework. The greatest homework you'll ever have. Go feed on Jesus. Go drink of Him. Go believe. Go get before Him. Go celebrate some testimony in your life. Go get and remember the good things. What's going to happen? Jesus says this. He says, when you take this body... You take it into you. When you receive what He has done and remember what He's done, you're actually taking Him into you so that He can empower you. And I don't even have time to tell you how much that's going to heal your mortal bodies. So if you just want to commit to this crazy life of the Spirit that's full of unknowns and, and full of new things and full of life, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand like a commitment. A commitment to the Lord. Here we are. Here's our yes. Here's my hands. They're my yes, Jesus. Here's my yes. We say yes. We say yes to not just in this room. Of course we say yes in this room. But we say yes to our cars and our homes and our marriages in our relationship with our children and our extended family. We say yes in our workplaces. We say yes in H-E-B. We say yes for our city. We say yes for our city. We say come Holy Spirit. We say yes to the Zeo life of God for our city. Uh, for the campus. For the government. For what you're doing here. I'm going to end with this. If everyone would just put your hands down for just a second. If someone says, I feel like there's a lie in here right now and I just want to break this and then we're going to go to the back and meet you and love on you. If you're new, we'd love to to say hello. But I feel like there's a lie in here that I've tried this before. If if, if you're hearing that lie right now, I just want you to raise your hand. I've tried this before and it didn't work. Anyone in here? There's one. It's okay. He's coming again. And the lie is it was your fault. It wasn't your fault. Just keep saying yes. You've got a big old yes in your heart. I met you one time. I know you got a big old yes in your heart.
Donnie, just put your hand over on her. We just break that lie off of you that it's not going to work, it's not going to be new, not going to be fresh. Anyone else having that lie in here right now? For your kids. Who's had breakthrough in their children? Right, yeah, Carlos. I just heard your testimony last week. Would you come stand with Tom and Nancy? He's going to give you his breakthrough. <laughs> He's going to give it to you for free because he didn't earn it. So Tom and Nancy, this is Carlos. He's going to put his hands on you and it's going to break the lie that you've tried it before and it didn't work. And I just declare over you, he makes all things new. He makes all things new. Yes, Lord. Yeah, and I, um, thank you, Tim, for the word. And um, come on, let's honor him for for that. And we don't normally don't do this, but um, I think given the weekend and how much you don't even understand what was on the song sheet and then where we went, our band is amazing. Thank you to our musicians. Thank you to Elizabeth. Um, <laughs> she can even lead worship from right here. Um, so. Um, if you are new with us, uh, we would love to get to know you. So our senior pastors, Tim Elizabeth Darnell, will be right out this back door. Tribe, are y'all having lunch today? Okay, all right. So if you are a college student or college age, we have free lunch for you. So just head over to the cafeteria. Rebecca, will you wave Jimmy and Rebecca, our college pastors? You can follow them over the cafeteria for free lunch today. Uh, don't forget to sign up for Fall Fest. If uh, I can get the altar team up, if you need prayer for anything at all, we would love to pray with you today. So there will be people up here uh, on the altar ministry team. Have a blessed week. The couch and they're about to tell us something. Sometimes good, sometimes not so fun. A lot of time for me, not so fun. Like took the light on there, they were on the couch like, dang it. But uh, today we have great news and, and a great thing we're going to do, and so... We're actually going to ordain Pam Rose today. And for those of you that don't know, Pam is living in Galveston and working as an urban missionary there. What's that mean? That she's giving her life and working. Uh, she's got a lot of things she's doing, working with multiple churches, with multiple pastors, also working with the inner city um, and an organization called GUM, which is Galvin. Uh, Galveston Urban Missions, Urban Missions. and she uh, is a flaming arrow from this place, and so we want to just uh, do what they did in Acts 13 when they said, "Set us apart, Saul and or Paul at that time and Barnabas, and we're going to lay hands on her and just and just commission her as a go- as a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ." So, Pam, if you want to come up here. All right. You got to stand here because we're going to get in a circle here all around you. So core team, if you want to come up and mom and dad or Don and Janice, are you here? Our emeritus. Our emeritus. Pastors, elders. All right. This is what I call that. Yep. So we're just going to lay hands on her. Don't be shy, guys. This isn't long distance. The scripture in Acts says set apart Paul and Barnabas. Set them apart. And so we just say, Pam, that you're, you're set apart, meaning that you are chosen and you are, you, you meet the character qualifications, you meet 
the carrier of the Lord Jesus Christ. We, you meet these, but we say that we affirm you now. We affirm you and we, we just declare that you are a minister, minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we bless you. We bless you. We, we call you blessed. We say the anointing now. The anointing to do everything he's called you to do. The anointing to break the way. The anointing to, to stir revival. The anointing to encourage leaders. The anointing to, to equip and train. The anointing to rescue. To rescue. To rescue those you're working with in the inner city. To rescue them from bad thinking and from and generations of brokenness and pain. And Pam, don't don't be intimidated by any anybody there in Galveston, even if they be church leaders, what don't be intimidated. You're not just some lone ranger out there roaming around. You've been sent by the Holy Spirit and you've been sent by this house on a mission. The word of God is in you. I helped te- put some of that word in you. Uh, over the years in, as we taught you in Bible school. And uh, so you're full of the Word of God and full of the Holy Spirit, so you go in that authority. So don't be intimidated. Just go right in there and do the work of the kingdom. Amen. And Pam, I was thinking of, uh, of a couple of scriptures, but one is that Paul told Timothy to stir up the gift that's in you to, through the laying on of hands and prophetic utterance. And we just say, Pam, you are a carrier of the Word of God, and we say the prophetic utterance itself is a, is part of your gifting, and we increase you. We just say, may the increase of God be upon you prophetically, and not only that, but we just say evangelism. We say the evangelist's heart yeah, is on, in you, Jesus. and we say you will bear much fruit in evangelism. We bless you as you share Jesus with those around you. And I feel like the Lord's saying that um, he's partnering something. One of your great gifts is that you just love the supernatural. You love when God moves, and it just makes people say, wow. And I feel like the Lord is declaring over you today that something he's going to partner with that is economics. It's actually over Galveston that you're going to be able to see in where people can um, have jobs and can um, build wealth and finance, and there'll be industry there, and that it removes hopelessness, that people have uh, a a labor by the day and a God to worship by night, that they have a really all through the day, but um, that, that there's um, there's not wasted time. There's no I, I, what on earth am I here for? But there's purpose in the Lord through that, and you're going to be surprised by the people you shake hands with to set up industry. Amen. 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 Yeah, and Pam, I just declare over you that as you are being launched, that you are going to step into a season of clear vision, clarity of mind, purity of heart and openness of spirit. And we just declare that there will be no hindrances as you move forward. You will storm the gates of hell. (laughs) And you will do what's in your heart, and you will do what God has called you to do. And we believe in you, Pam. We believe in that word of the Lord, and we say, go. (laughs) Yes, so we just ordain you now. We, we say the anointing, the anointing now to do everything he's called you to do in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Family. You bet. Oh. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
All right. I'm going to do a couple things here, and we're going to get going. Like I said last night, I'm going to be quick because Elizabeth's going to come up here and blow it up. So, yeah, and she did, didn't she? Yeah, I knew it was coming. Um, Zach Bussey. You in here, Zach Bussey? There you are. Oh, you're sitting with mom and dad today. That's sweet of you. <laughs> Come on up here. Zach is one of our flaming arrows. And funny enough, he's moving to Pensacola. <laughs> so you know where there's two fires, it makes a bonfire. <laughs> And uh, if you don't know, our daughter is there in Pensacola University, and Zach's going. Got some real. Uh, I believe this that Zach is going to be someone who I'm not afraid to use this word. That's going to be wealthy in the kingdom, and he's going to have kingdom ideas and kingdom input and kingdom effect all over the world by what goes on in you. So here, take the end of this arrow. We call you a son of this house, born of godly parents, an agent of rescue, <laughs> a recipient of rescue, and we call you to burn now. We say, go burn. We take off all limits of what it looks like for the purpose and destiny of God, and we just say, now go be great. Go be mighty. Go be you. Go be you. And we just pray the protection of the Lord on you. We pray the fire of the Lord on you. We pray the purpose of God prevailing in every moment, every choice, every even desire. The purpose of God would brand you and fulfill it in you. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. All right. One more thing. I think that Bill Jones slid out, but Pam, would you stand up? This is Pam Pegee. What most of you don't know is that Pam is a silent ninja <laughs> of the kingdom. She's ministering behind the bamboo curtain, ministering to the church, training up leaders, training up World changers, nation changers. I'm gonna not gonna mention the nations because I don't know how much we're mentioning all of that. But I, Pam is leaving for a good while, right, Lex? It's a pretty long trip that she's going over to minister. And actually, Crystal and Beth, our missionaries in the Philippines, are gonna be joining her to do a trafficking conference and begin to equip the body of Christ to recognize what trafficking is, how to stop it. Not, we don't want to just equip people to know what it looks like. We're equipping them to stop it. And even with the authority of God, just put our hands up and say, that's not allowed in our region, not allowed in our city. And so Pam has been organizing this, and she has another another uh, champion coming from Japan to teach, and Bill Jones is going over there. And, and oh, oh, yeah, and uh, one of our... Our young, I would say she's one of our friends and disciples from uh, Ukraine or is joining them there because she's feeling called to that area of the world. And so you know what a miracle that is to be able to raise that money to go from Ukraine and God's done that for her. 
And so I just want everyone to just stretch their hands out towards Pam. You may be secret, but it's going to be full fire. Full fire of what the Lord is doing, wanting to do. And, and I actually believe this. The Lord spoke this to me this morning, that there's going to be a small shift in plans, and He wants you to know about it before He shifts it, so that you're going to see that it's actually, this is the way, walk in it. And I don't think it's like a stopping of the conference or anything like that. You're just going to feel when He shifts and be like, go for it. And so we just bless you. We call you sent. We call you covered. We call you blessed. We call you anointed. We, we call you one who is sent out and is changing and training those who are going to change generations in Asia. Generations. And so we bless you now. In Jesus' name, we bless Bill Jones wherever he's at. I think he's on a floor somewhere. And we bless him right now. And we say, Bill, be blessed and anointed and powerful. We speak the covering of God over you so that you can do everything you need to do. The covering of God so that you can be dancing in front of them and they'll be, they won't even be seeing you. And so we just bless you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, one more thing. You know, God loves the nations, and and we love people going to the nations. And we've talked about, you know, Galveston. We've talked about um, Asia. And then our our people from Philippines and Ukraine are joining. I mean, it's going to be, you know, an explosion there. But also our new friends that we spent time with in Copenhagen in the summer just launched their first service oh, today. yeah, yeah. I'm so excited for them. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and I know it's already happened, but I really feel like that we need to send a blessing there too. They have been working on planning a church all year long, and today was their launch day. And um, they have 55, 55 leaders, 55 committed volunteers um, to, to launch, and that's a really big deal. So can we just bless them too? I don't know which way. Just... <laughs> That way. <laughs> that way. <laughs> She's geographically challenged. That way. No, I just can't think that fast, okay? Oh, we send the word right now, even to Copenhagen, and we say, be blessed. Yeah, yeah. City of God, city of favor, we just say, be blessed in the name of Jesus. You know, there was a visitation of God there. Yes, yeah. Do it again, God. <laughs> do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Yes, we call in blessings for that church in the name of Jesus and those people in the name of Jesus. Amen. just wanted to throw that Amen. in. Yeah. An interesting fact about that, on their second uh, preview service, they had 110 people, which would be the fourth largest church in Copenhagen, which is a city of over a million people. And so it just shows you that God is wanting to do something. And they're carrying the vision to win their city. And super cool thing that the pastor, or the, the leader there is born in the Jesus People Movement. And he's a, he is a radical lover of Jesus. He also was a towel guy at one time. So I kind of like him. But yeah, here's here's what I've, I feel like we want to do. Honestly, I want to give most of the time to Elizabeth this morning, but I just want to lay a little bit of groundwork. Um, but I want to celebrate a testament. We're going to do this super quick. How many of you have been praying for someone in your blood family for salvation? I want you to stand up. Because the power of testimony is the power of breakthrough. 
And so yesterday we got to celebrate with some some people in our family who we've been believing for for a long time to be just to have such a heart for God and pursue Him. And yesterday they came to us and said, "We want to be followers of Jesus." And so, so I just felt like the Lord just said, "There's breakthrough for you. There's breakthrough." Because he doesn't want us just to labor in prayer. He wants us to believe our prayers are being answered. And this is answered prayer. That's what I'm, I'm trying to communicate to you. This is answered prayer. And God wants to answer your prayers. Mike, I see you back there. I just felt like the Lord said, I got it. I got them. And I've really had to take that place to just say, God, I know you want to do this way more than I do. So I'm going to pray from a place of faith, not begging. I'm going to pray from a place of faith that you you want to do this and you got it. So just put your hands out because the Lord wants to encourage you today. And he, and I believe there's going to be more testimony in here. More testimony of, hey, we had a breakthrough in our family this week. We had another breakthrough in our family this week. So we just declare faith in you right now to ask again. Faith in you to ask like He was going to answer your prayers. Faith that you know Jesus wants to do it more than you do. And we just declare that the prayer that comes out of you this week is going to be heard and answered. And the Lord just declares over your family members salvation, salvation and rescue. And more than that, followers of Jesus, hot, red hot followers of Jesus, that they would turn to you and be full of fire and passion for our King and His kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, those of you who know, the last few weeks we've been talking about living with the Spirit. What's it look like to be walking with Him? To be called to live with Him in this life of the Spirit. And not just in, 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 the, in the life of, of the eternal, but also in the day-to-day. What's it look like to be walking with the Spirit? And living through Him. Where He is through us and we're through Him. Meaning that He made a way that we can live Spirit-filled and Spirit-empowered. But then he wants it to come out of us, right? Yes? You don't go quiet now. I give you no permission to do that. And so we've, we've been talking about that. And honestly, I just, I want to, I want to just talk about something real quick and lay a foundation. Then Elizabeth's going to come up and just get after it. But I just want to talk about then, okay, we're spirit filled. We're spirit led. We're in walking with the spirit. What do we do about sin? Yeah, I knew that was going to bring a real big amen. What do we do about sin? Because people are like, oh, I, I must not be spirit-filled because I, I still have sin in my life. And, and I just, I'm going to want to lay a little bit of groundwork because this, it's really clear that in Galatians 5, he's trying to teach them that spirit, being spirit-filled and spirit-led and, and being, walking with the spirit actually gives you the power over sin. And I want to talk about the play, yeah. That's a big old amen from the back row. I want to talk about the place of understanding the position of sin in our life. Because if we'll understand the position, it will actually teach us how to not sin. And, and I'm going to throw some big things out here that we're actually called to be in the prototype of Jesus and live sin free. Totally sin free. He's our example. And it's not just some pipe dream like, oh, well, yeah, that was Jesus. 
No, it is a place of being called to be over, to overcome. Listen, Jesus was tempted by sin and he overcame every time. He overcame. Do you know the greatest thing is he overcame the offer to take the kingdoms and just worship Satan. That would have been sin. And he said, no, that's okay. I'll see you in three years and I'll take the keys rightfully. See, so there's the understanding that, see, a lot of us struggle with the idea that temptation is wrong. Listen, temptation is the enemy trying to get you to not live by the Spirit. And so I want to lay two principles, and Elizabeth's going to come up. And the first one is this, that the power of sin is dealt with. The power of sin is dealt with. And I'm, I'm going to read uh, Galatians 5, 16 through 18. I'm going to land on 18. It says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So living by the Spirit actually teaches you how to be sin-free. Yes? You should be excited about that. Why? Because you guys have the Spirit of God in you. He has given you the ability to live sin-free. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. I love that word. So that you do not, you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And what I really want to just talk to you about real quick is that law Really, when he says you're not under the law, what he's saying is you're not under the power of sin. The law was the way that God showed that they were sinful. He showed where they were falling short. And it, and and but he's we're not under the law anymore. We're not under the power of sin. So what am I saying? You, you, we can never say, "Well, I just can't stop myself." Yes, you can. Because you're not under the power of sin. You're not under the bondage of sin. You're not, in the, you're not in the old covenant. That's why the Hebrews writer was constantly saying, hey, our covenant is better. Because it's a covenant that's actually empowered you to live above sin. Y'all should be more excited about that. See, because the truth is God is looking for a people who understand and have the thinking process that He's put in them to realize that, oh, hey, this thing that's tempting me, it has no power over me. This thing, even the offer of the enemy, I get to tell you, hey, get under my feet because I have power over sin and the law. That's what Jesus said. I came to fulfill the law. Why? To remove the power of sin in your life. And we, we must recognize that. See, because if we're not careful, the enemy will and the law and all those things will try to put us back under the idea that sin is more powerful than the Spirit of God in you. And if we believe that, then we will keep on sinning. But if we, if we believe that, oh wait, I have authority over sin. It's under my feet. Now, I want to just say this real quick. Oftentimes when we talk about sin, all of us go to, right, to small things that are happening in our lives that yes, they are sin, but that's all we can think of. And Jesus is actually trying to lay a bigger picture. I have given you authority over all the pain, the hurt, the destruction that sin causes. I have given you power over that. It's under your feet. And if we understand that, then we actually believe that we can be change agents to every situation that sin is causing havoc in. Because we recognize, oh wait, I have power over this. 
Why are we going to Asia to do a sex trafficking? Because we have power over that sin. We have authority over it. It's not just some hope and dream that, well, hopefully we'll just chip away at it. No, we're going to declare our authority over the sin. So we have to understand that groundwork so that we can have, we can have the right thinking. Second thing, I told you I was going to be quick. Galatians 2.20, right? The second thing is this, the life of the Spirit is dead to the old ways. It's dead to the old ways. And so I just want to read Galatians 2.20. I want to tell you that this is one of my life verses. This is one of the first verses the Lord ever spoke to me. I can tell you right where I was sitting when He spoke it to me. I knew where it was in the Bible. How many know when the Word quotes the Word, it becomes alive? And when God quoted this to me, He said this. He said, Son, you're going to have to understand this so you can teach people how to be free. I was sitting in a little quiet room in my dorm in Bible school asking God what my destiny was and he speaks to me, Galatians 2.20. Why? Because he was saying, hey, you've got to learn to be dead so you can be alive. All the things you're praying about, you've got to die to all those so that you can be alive. This is what Paul says in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Most of the time when people quote that verse, they quote the part about I have been crucified with Christ. They forget the end part is the necessity of how to stay dead. If you think that your self-will is going to crucify your flesh, it will never happen. It has to be the understanding, oh, wait a minute, He loves me and gave Himself for me. So the very, the very impartation of the Spirit of God in me is actually constantly communicating the love of God and the ability to overcome the sinful nature. How many of you are, are son and daughter of Adam? That's all of you. Everyone gets to raise your hand on that. And we were born with the sinful nature, but now you're a new creation. You're a new creature and you are over sin and now you just get to die to that old sinful nature and say, I don't live to that anymore. The life I now live, I live by the Son of God. All those words right there are Zeo, life. I get to enjoy, I get to rule, I get to reign in life because of what God has done in me. I get to overcome sin, I get to overcome its power of sin. Almost there. See, but I, I believe the key to staying dead is verse 21. It says, I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. And I just want to tell you this, that, that the grace, the empowering presence of God, I believe that's the most wonderful definition of New Testament grace, the empowering presence of God. I do not set aside the empowering presence of God. So that, it, so that as it works in me, it gives me grace. Grace is not the ability to say, sorry, I sinned, God, and move on. Grace is the ability to sin no more. Yes, and, and listen, there's some sloppy grace out there, but we're not going to get away from grace because grace is a huge element of the New Testament. We can't live without it. We can't have the Spirit without it. And, and so we get in there and we understand the empowering presence of God that, that it is teaching us See, I believe this. He, he, he's going to teach us how to die every day. 
He's going to teach us how to, how, to, how to lay down our lives. And it's the grace of God and the love of God that actually, it, it actually plants us in that place to understand that. One last statement. Religion, I wrote this down. Religion always wants to empower sin over you. Tell you how powerful sin is. So quit sinning. Stop sinning. I'm going to tell you, get grace. Die to self. You will stop sinning. Anytime I have an area in my life, like say like anger or unbelief. I mean, unbelief is a sin. Yeah, we always think of sin like actions. And the truth is, is most of the time, those actions are just coming out of bad thinking. And, and so, and many times I'm having a place like that, it's not, I don't get under condemnation. I just, I just begin to say, God, I need your grace here to think differently, to believe differently, to approach this differently. And all of a sudden, the, the idea of sin ruling me there has lost its place. But religion wants to say, oh, you're never going to overcome that. And here's all the ways you need to work to stop doing that. When the truth is, it's being powered by Jesus. This whole thing is that Jesus made a way, and if He made a way, He made a way to live in it too, not just get in the door. Alright? You ready? Here she comes. Got it? So this is super cool. Uh, while we were sitting down there, I got a message from Thomas in, in Denmark. Let me tell you what happened today. <laughs> first of all, they had two services for the launch, 140 in the first and 110 in the second. Five people received Jesus, four baptized, and they had 300 following via Facebook live broadcast. <laughs> Come on. I mean, that's revival. I'm telling you that revival is breaking out in Copenhagen. And then uh, he said this too. A 14-year-old girl said, I feel happy, and if church is like this, I want to go every week. <laughs> Come on. Cool stuff, right? So I'd share that. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to break the flow, but I had to share it. You remember what Tim said, right? Because, like, we're tag-teaming here. This is, don't, don't separate. <clears throat> Isn't it amazing? I feel like the Holy Spirit is, is inviting us. Have you felt that in the last few weeks as we've, been, as we've been talking about the life with him living in the Spirit? It's like an invitation to us. Do you want more? Do you want to see what this is all about? Let me help you. Does it, has anybody even experienced that? I mean, I'm serious. Okay, <laughs> not just talking at you. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, yes. Well, I think that this is another invitation. This is another clue, another tool, another bit of instruction. Because I know most of you in this room, and you are after the more of God. You are after going into that deeper place with Him. I know you. I see you worship. And we, we are, you know, walking this thing out together. And here's what I really feel like the clue is. And Tim, as he was reading Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. There's something to this laying down our lives. The belief that we are spirit-led, that we can be governed by our spirit is a revelation that we must tap into. 
And the reason I say that is because so many of us have areas that we still struggle. We are still at conflict, like Tim read the other verse, of flesh and spirit. We're at con- in conflict with our human nature, right? I'm not too far off, right? You're human, right? Just checking. They are quiet today. <laughs> Let me read you another scripture, Matthew 16:24. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. One of those backward kingdom principles. You want to keep it, you're going to lose it. You want to lose it, you're going to find it in me, he says. I think that there is, um, it's been very interesting in the church's history. Um, uh, You know, I mean, I've been in church for several decades. And there was a season, I remember when we were younger, that that what was coming out just kind of on a regular basis is that if you're not suffering, it's not God. You know, like, <laughs> if we, you know, if you're not feeling like you're being punished, then you're not, you know, it's not the Lord. We have to suffer through, you know, to get it. was like, it was hard, you know. Oh, that's good, brother. It's good, sister. You're suffering for Jesus. And we went this, it was just, you know, one of those phases that we go to. But then as the revelation of love began to increase, love of heaven, which the Bible says should happen, the revelation should continue. I mean, aren't you glad that we're not preaching fire and brimstone anymore? Revivals were birthed on fire and brimstone. But let me tell you now that we have moved into a revelation of love, that we can have a love encounter with God, and his kindness leads us to repentance. Yes, there is hell. Yes, there is a devil. But you have an invitation. We don't have to scare you into believing. Revivals were birthed out of that. Okay, now I, I'm now I'm getting on a bunny trail. What I'm saying is that there was a season where we felt like if we were suffering, it was good. Now I want to suggest to you that there's a balance to this thing. As we moved in this revelation of God, we began to experience like real joy, like real peace, like real like this love is real, and I like this. I like how it feels because Holy Spirit is a, I mean he can wrap himself into our emotions. they are from God, your emotions are from God. That was another strange separated truth we had in the church a long time ago that if you are emotional, uh, no, that's not faith, right. But let me tell you that God created us, spirit, soul, and body. We are connected if we want to be. And let me suggest to you that what does Psalms tell us? Where is the blessing commanded? Unity. If we are not in unity here, we're not going to be in unity anywhere. All right, so here we go as we're talking about this life of the Spirit. We've been, you know, we've had the revelation of suffering. We Now we have the revelation of love. And now we're kind of heading towards the other side of things. That, you know, if I, I just don't feel like worshiping today, you know, and your neighbor's like, it's okay. You're just having a hard time, just going through the process. Let me tell you, if we are controlled by our feelings and our emotions, we will never get to where we're called to be. Yes, God wants you to be 
um, to feel good. He wants you to feel good. He wants you to live in that place. But also, we must be governed by our spirit. And sometimes he says to deny yourself. Sometimes he says that it requires a disciplined lifestyle to produce what you are going after. Sometimes it says, I am crucified with Christ. That means that my emotions, if they are not lining up with what the Spirit is saying to us on the inside, if we are not being governed by the Spirit, I keep quoting that scripture and I haven't read it, Romans 8, 6. Can we get that one? Romans 8, 6. Is that, no? Okay. Did it praise again? Jesus, help us. That computer's giving us trouble today for some reason. All right, I'll read it myself. Romans 8, 6. The mind governed by the flesh is death. The mind governed by the flesh, your human flesh, that's, that sinful nature that Tim was talking about, the mind governed by the flesh is death. That is bad news, guys. <laughs> right? That's like bad but the mind governed by the Spirit is what? What have we been saying? Life and peace. The mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. So what? I can live there? Yes. The mind governed by the Spirit brings unity, spirit, soul, and body, where our mind is not in control. Our fruitless mind, the Bible says, but instead, if we are governed, our mind is governed by the Spirit, then we are transformed by the renewing of our minds, Romans 12 tells us, right? And we can live in life and peace. But I'm telling you that sometimes it's a choice. It is a discipline. It is a crucifying of our flesh. It is a taking up our cross and following him. It is a balance. And that is still love. That is still God's endless love. That will be the battle of this next generation. Because we're seeing it a whole lot. I don't feel like it doesn't make me feel good. I don't like it. Yeah, welcome to life. <laughs> but here's the coolest thing. Let me get back to Matthew 16. I really loved that. The Lord was showing me this yesterday. Just right before Matthew 16, 24. I guess I'm going to have to probably read it myself, which I cannot see my Bible very well. Yeah, I do need glasses, but... I'm going to be healed in Jesus' name. Okay, so Matthew 16, 24, I read it to you, right? If anyone will come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross. Right, we're there. You know what the verse before that is? It's when Peter, Jesus is telling, you know, his guys, I'm going to die. I'm going to suffer. And Peter says, no, you're not. I mean, that's what he said, never, Lord. This shall never happen to you. And what does Jesus tell him? Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. What was happening to Peter? His mind was not being governed by the Spirit. He, was, he made a statement out of his mouth, out of his carnal mind, that said, nope, I don't like that plan. And Jesus is like, get behind me, Satan, right? That is the verse before, and then what does Jesus say? Deny yourself. Take up your cross, Luke says, daily, and follow me. There is a divine thing that needs to happen in us, and I'm going to get to a, a Galatians scripture. Actually, I'm just going to read it right now, if I can find it. 
Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That's Galatians 5.24. Crucified the flesh. I mean, killed it. That's what it's going to take. All right. So then, but let me tell you the good news here. This is so, I think this is so cool. Right after Jesus shares that little exchange with them, in the first part of Matthew 17, what does he do? He takes Peter, James, and John up the mountain to the transfiguration. He was like, so get this in your mind. Follow me. You got to track with me for a second. Get behind me, Satan, Peter, because you have not in mind what I want. You're thinking with your human self right now. I need you to crucify that. Anyone who wants to lay, if he wants to lose their life for me, will find it, right? Crucify it. Then what's he do? Let me show you what will happen. Here we go up the mountain. And what happens? They see the supernatural realm, the transfiguration. It takes place before their eyes, and that is good to them. What do they want to do? They want to build a house and keep it. Like, this is the good stuff. Are you tracking? There's a payoff. There is a payoff. I promise you it's worth it. And that's what we need to remember, that we can walk, if we can lay our lives down and choose to give of ourselves to crucify our flesh and its earthly desires, we are going to have access into this life of the Spirit that we are after in a big way. You know, I know that we all have little things in our lives. We do. We have little things. You know, the things that kind of gnaw at us, like, I wish I was, I wish I could get that together. I wish I wouldn't get angry so often. Maybe it's something else you're struggling with, and it just replays over in your mind over and over again. I want to tell you that if you will crucify it, just crucify it, just lay it down. The Holy Spirit wants to come in and heal that place. He will walk you out of that um, that fleshly stuff into the spirit. I want to read to you a little bit more about that. The other side, sometimes we know of those things. All of us have them. No one's perfect in here, right? I'm just making sure. We all have them. Little things we want to deal with. We want to get better at. Do not disqualify yourself for those things. You know, we are really complicated beings. It's so amazing that God created humans as the most complex beings on the planet, spirit, soul, and body. There's a lot that goes on in here. And I want to tell you that sometimes I think that we can get so focused in on one area. Like, if you know, I've got to get this right. I just got to get this right. This has got to be right in my life. I get mad all the time. I have to deal with this. I can't do anything else until this is right. And I don't feel like that is life with the Spirit. I think that we need to celebrate our victories. And I believe that every one of you, I know most of you, you have victories in your life that God has met you, and that is a testimony. You need to use that testimony on yourself. You need to crucify those thoughts. I am telling you, crucify them. Don't disqualify yourself. He calls you loved. He calls you favored. He calls us the way we are because we're on the journey to perfection. He calls us the way we are, though. He knew what I was like when he called me. He knew my shortcomings. He knew my weaknesses. Holy Spirit 
it says, helps us in our weaknesses. But if we keep focusing on our weaknesses and do not let him help us, then we are not crucifying ourselves. I'm telling you, I know that's a different angle that I'm taking with that, but I really feel it's important because I know you. (laughs) I know a lot of you. (laughs) That's what you want to talk about, those things that you're struggling with all the time. But let me tell you, you've got to start celebrating your victories. Crucify that flesh and just let it die. Here's the other thing. The other thing is we just sometimes live our lives oblivious to little things that God needs to help us with. And I want to read to you Galatians 5. Are we good, Deb, or no? Praise the Lord. We might make it. I don't know if I'm going to read it or not. Let's see. Galatians 5.16. Live by the Spirit, and you're not gratified the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. We all know that, right? (laughs) How many know that feeling? (laughs) And the Spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. Tim already read that. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. All right, so here we go. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious, it says in Galatians. Just start them up there. Yep, those are the big ones, right? We, We know, most of you probably know that. Acts of the flesh. Go to verse 20. Here it gets interesting. And I feel like sometimes we just, you know, we cruise through this list and we're like, ah, you know, no, not me. Keep moving. I'm good. I mean, we got it all in here. What's it? Show me 21. Show me 21. Oh, yeah. Orgies. Nope, I'm good. I'm good. Keep moving. Go back to 20. I know, it's, it's crazy. It's all mixed in. That's what I think is super interesting. Idolatry and witchcraft. Idolatry, anything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God is idolatry. Whatever you obsess about is idolatry. Money, your kids, whatever it is, if anything that sets itself against the knowledge of God up above him is idolatry. Witchcraft, all right, you know, we can dabble in that, but I don't want to right now. Hatred, discord, I don't like that person. I'm leaving. I'm not having Thanksgiving with them. They drive me crazy. It's in the list. I'm just saying it's there. Jealousy. You know, that is, you know, I'm looking at that list. For me personally, jealousy is a big one. It's a big one with church leaders. We get together with pastors, and they want to know how many people are in your church. (laughs) Who cares? But you know what? It starts to get to you after a while. You're like, oh, man, I don't know if we have enough people. (laughs) We're not the biggest church in town. (laughs) Well, there's another one? People are going to it. Oh, no. I can't keep going. It's 1225. I, I really could. I really could. But I, I, that is something that we have to, it, both of us, Tim and I, both of us, we have to like, all right, wait a second. That's, that's unfruitful in the mind. That's the flesh, my human nature battling against the spirit because that's not it. I love the people that we walk with. 
I love the other pastors and leaders. They are some of my favorite people to be with because they get it. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> all right, all right, let's move on though. Let's move on now to the fruit of the Spirit. These are obvious, but what if it's some of these areas, uh, fits of rays, I should hit that one because I hit this last night and I think it's a big one. If you've ever driven on 35, ha- <clears throat> yeah, fits of rage. Okay, those are the little things that are battling against us in our mind. Those are from the sinful nature. Those are fruitless. They're a waste of your time. It's a waste of our time. And we know that. Sometimes these things just swirl in our minds over and over. It's like, make it stop. And he's saying, crucify it. Crucify it. It's got to stop. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. I'm sorry, that does not feel good, but you've got to crucify it. There is a big payoff in the end, and the fruit of the Spirit next verse is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's the fruit that we get to wall, wall around in. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Let's live there. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up. Let me just talk about the Holy Spirit for a minute. He's the most wonderful friend. He is the one that will walk you right into these places. We tell you there's an invitation going out today for us. If we, will, if we desire to pursue them more, it's time to lay down the things that hinder us, to lay them down, to crucify them, to take up our cross daily, it is a daily thing. That's what Luke says. It's daily. And it doesn't always feel good, but we've got to do it because we want the payoff. Holy Spirit, we want you. Listen to this. Uh, the Holy Spirit gave me this phrase this week. Healthy life is dependent on connection with Holy Spirit. Healthy life is dependent on connection with Holy Spirit. You want life and peace? You need Holy Spirit. You want the fruit of the Spirit? I mean, fruit of the Spirit, you need him, right? Those things don't come. Those don't, they don't come on their own. You've got to have the Holy Spirit. He is the one that helps you in these things. He is the comforter, the one who draws alongside. Tim did a great job. I don't remember if that was one or two weeks ago. We talked about him drawing alongside. He's not leading you. He's alongside. He's trying to partner with you. He is not taking over your mind. If he did that, we would be robots. He's not. He's walking alongside. You want to die to some of this junk? Let's do it. Let's do it. Come on. It's more fruitful with what I got. It's the fruit of the Spirit. All right? Listen to this. He leads us into all truth, right? Isn't that what John 16 says? The Holy Spirit leads you into all truth. There he's leading you there. <laughs> you can have that one. <laughs> he goes alongside. He's leading. He's, it's everything. He's wonderful. Leads you into all truth. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. He helps us in our weakness. He helps us in our weakness, Romans 8. He testifies with your spirit that we are children of God. That's the Abba Father scripture. The Abba Father verse that we talk about, Father, over and over, Abba Father, yes. The spirit testifies with our spirit that we are 
his children, that we can say, Abba, it comes from him. He makes us alive. And that word is revitalized in John 6, you see, 3. He's everything you need and more. He is everything that we need. And I know that so many of you, I know you love Holy Spirit. And right now, I just want to welcome him. And I want you, if you want to make more room, I don't know how else to say it. Because remember that our mind is just, can be a war, you know, a battleground. <laughs> it says it's a conflict unless we crucify it. Unless we decide to have our minds governed by Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. And if you want that, just put your hands out in front of you. It's between you and him. But I know it's an invitation today. I don't know about you, but I want to go up the mountain. I want to go into that holy of holies. I want to be closer to him than I've ever been before. And I, if it means dying to myself, I will do it. And I know it does. <laughs> I know that's exactly what it means. I choose to lay it down today. Just tell him that. I choose to lay down these, these things that I seem to obsess over sometimes. I just want to crucify it because it's unfruitful. And I want to welcome you, Holy Spirit. I want to welcome you. He knows how to help you. He knows how to walk you right out of that pain. And if there are areas you didn't even know were there, or maybe you didn't even acknowledge that they could be part of your human nature. It's just my human nature. It's just human nature. It's at war with the Spirit of God on the inside of you. It's at war. And you have the choice. He's given us this beautiful choice, this beautiful ability to make a decision to crucify it. Like David said, God, I will not give you that which cost me nothing. That's what he said. Do you remember this story? There was a piece of property he wanted, David wanted to build an altar. And the owner said, just take it. You can take it, king. And he said, oh, no, I will not. I will pay you for it because I will not give my God that which costs me nothing. It's worth the sacrifice because those who want to lose their lives will find it. I don't know about you, but I want life in the spirit. I want life. I choose life with you, Jesus. I choose to walk with you, Holy Spirit. Just tell him, I choose you. I choose you. Come on, use your voices. I choose you. I want you, Holy Spirit. I want the life of God. And there he comes. There he comes with love. Love. His love compels us to this place in the in the first place, there he comes with love. We yield to you. We yield to you. Come and have your way. And sometimes, yes, it feels like we are out of control when we yield to him. But, oh, the freedom. But, oh, the freedom. It's supernatural freedom. If you want freedom, that's the place to find it. It's freedom can swim around in it. Freedom from pain. Freedom from disappointment. I'm going to say it again. Freedom from pain. 
freedom from disappointment. I can see walls in your heart. I see them. You just have them up to try to protect the pain, to just, I don't want to hurt anymore. But he's saying an invitation to you, just let it go. It's a freedom from pain. It's a freedom from disappointment. It's a freedom, a new freedom. I know most of us have tasted of freedom in here, but I believe there's more. I want more. I want more. And I believe that laying down our lives will propel us into what he has next. Holy Spirit, we embrace what you have next. Yeah. Can you just feel his presence in the room? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. Let me just, I want to take 30 seconds and just help you. I thought the Lord was just speaking to me down there that there's a lot of questions of like, how do I crucify this? Sometimes we use words like that. And we're like, But I actually believe there's a, a phrase the Lord began to show me, you know, I don't know, the last season of my life, five or six years, where he just began to just say, let the cross in right there. Just let the cross in. Let the cross, and it, it's it's the crucifixion of Jesus that actually is going to bring you freedom. And so when you say you'll crucify that, I mean, you're, you're giving it to the cross. And I, I just feel like there was, especially when those walls, she was talking about the walls, they were like, I don't know how to do that. Just let the cross in right there. It's going to kill the power of sin. I know pain is just a byproduct of sin. Someone else's sin our choices, those things. But but the Lord just saying, let the cross sin right there and I will then bring you to life. Because the cross is not only a picture of death, but of life. I'll, I'll bring you alive again. And so just just right now, we're gonna. I want to take just five seconds. If that was you and you're like saying, I really don't know how to crucify this, just let the cross of Jesus in there right there. Just say, and just invite it. That's what I do. I just invite the cross right there. The power of the cross. I just die to self. Right? I die to keeping that thing alive. And I just let the cross in. I really feel like this is a week just of great healing. The Lord is going to just pour out on all of you in here today. So just keep letting that cross in. What comes after the cross? Resurrection life. All right. And everybody said amen. Come on. Let our pastors know we love them. Um, Okay, um, lots of family business today. First, don't forget to sign up for Fall Fest because we need you there. Somebody needs to have an encounter with the Jesus in you. There you go. I just prophesied for the class. Okay, uh, college ministry, you guys are having tribe. Are you having lunch today? No, we're not having lunch today. Okay, um, well, wave your hand real big, Jimmy. If, if you're new with us, college age or college student, come see Jimmy Richardson. He and his wife, Rebecca, are wonderful college pastors. Um, if you can't tell. They all sit over here. Um, so, uh, and the youth are floating the river today. Are you going to say that? All right. Yeah, uh, right after this, we're going to head to Pete Terry's. If you are 7th to 12th grade and you do not come to our youth group, we would love to meet you and for you to come. We're going to meet at Pete Terry's, and then we're going to head straight to the river. We're going to be there for a few hours, and it's come and go as you please. Awesome. 
All right. Otherwise, if you're new with us, our senior pastor is Tim Elizabeth Darnell. We're going to be right out these double doors right here in the back. We would love to get to know you. Shake your hand. And if you need prayer for anything at all, I'm going to invite the altar team to come up. We would love to pray with you today. So um, come get prayer if that's something you need. Otherwise, you are dismissed. Have a blessed day.